0: Welcome to the Lions Den University Report. This program brings you a behind the scenes look at the spiritual life on today's university and college campuses. Now here's your host, Glenn Bailey. We're back here at our, uh, in State College, Pennsylvania, Penn State University. We're in the uh, Millennial Science Complex. uh, Here with uh, my guest, Trevor Clark. Uh, This is our continuing our conversation together who Shared in our previous broadcast how he came to Christ as a grad student at Stanford University, and that uh, he uh, made a, a challenging decision uh, to uh, accept a lower offer uh, with Exxon Mobil after he graduated, uh, rather than a higher offer. And uh, uh, was that your Christian values you think uh, that affected that decision, or? How did, yeah, you, how did yeah, you evaluate that? Yeah, I was just that?
1: feeling that I, I needed to. So, <coughs> would you like me to recount, or Do you think? A little bit of are, recounting would be good. Mm-hmm. Sure. So what happened is, as I was graduating from um, from um, Stanford, um, this was during the dot-com days in, in um, the Silicon Valley, and a company made me an offer for a lot of money, um, and I was about to take it. But ExxonMobil had given me a full scholarship for my undergrad at Stevens Tech in New Jersey. And while I was there, they gave me summer internships. And I made a lot of mistakes and a lot of errors while I was there that they um, corrected me for and nurtured me. I'll tell you, can I tell one? Sure, go Okay. Ahead. <laughs> so one was um, the phones. So you remember when we used to have to pay for like long distance? Sure. So calling New York City, where I'm from, from New Jersey, was a long-distance call, and I would call all my friends, hey, I'm working at ExxonMobil. <laughs> right. right, and you, you, we didn't say you were from Brooklyn. That's right, right. yeah, yeah. Okay. born and raised in Brooklyn. And
0: I, I was mm-hmm. born in Mineola on Long Island, oh, okay. so not too far away.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but, so, um, so you're calling so, your yeah, friends. Yeah, i call all my friends, and um, what I didn't realize was that Every month if somebody's bill was high, it would go to my boss's boss's boy. It would, it would get flagged. Oh, okay. And my and so this manager shows up and says, you know, hey, listen, Trevor, you know, what's the deal with your your phone calls? And that's how I learned, okay, I, I can't I need to stop that. But he, he did. They forgave me for that. They did not lord it over me. I learned and, and didn't repeat that. Um so when I graduated, like I was saying, back at, at Stanford when I was graduating um, ExxonMobil had made me an offer as for a postdoc, at half the salary of what I would have made in, in, um, in California, which you might think, "Oh yeah, well, that's because of cost of living. It wasn't a half. It was a big cut. Yeah. But as I was about to take the offer for more money, my conscience bothered me. And I was already beginning to learn about how we need to be grateful for what God has provided, um, not only from him, but through others. And I felt that the only reason why this company was making me this offer, was because of the investment that ExxonMobil had made in me with their patient endurance you know with me um, so so I went to my wife and I said hey Beth listen you know I want to take this this more expensive offer but I feel like I have a debt to repay to ExxonMobil I feel like we need to go back and do right by them so she listened to the story and <clears throat> she was from California so it wasn't easy for her but right. she said you know yeah Trevor I, th- I think you're right I think we need to go back so we got on a plane and we we, we came. And then shortly after that, they gave us a raise. They gave us all a raise. Okay, great. So so God was faithful sure. again.
0: And uh, so you're here now at Penn State, and you've been here, what did you say, 10 years? 11 years. 11 years, yeah. and as a Christian, and you head up uh, the Electron Microscope team. Yeah. And uh, uh, tell us again a little bit about the kind of things that you're uh, involved with with your uh, Electron Microscope Research, and, uh, and then how your Christian faith uh,
1: affects your involvement here. Sure, sure. <clears throat> okay, so um, so for those of you who don't know what, what an electron microscope is, if you found like a dead butterfly and you wanted to look at the wing, um, you may put that butterfly under an optical microscope like you used in high school. And you may remember how if you wanted to like zoom in, how you would have to change what lens you used. But eventually you would get to a limit. And one of the things you would find when you were looking at the butterfly wing is that the the wing, it's not just one solid piece. It actually has a whole bunch of panels. And if you wanted to zoom in even more, you would be frustrated because eventually you'd get to the highest magnification lens you have and you couldn't see any smaller. When that happens, you have to use a different kind of microscope called an electron microscope. They're more expensive. So what, the way that Penn State has dealt with it is they buy them for the faculty, but they make the faculty share them. And um, they have staff people like myself who oversee the microscopes, we maintain them we teach the students how to do them if a professor you know, wants to look at something like a butterfly's wing or a piece of steel um, and he doesn't want to learn how to do it or have his students learn how to do it then he'll ask me to do it so that's what we do here, the microscopes are expensive, they range in price from $100,000 all the way up to, to $10 million mm. um, so it's wise that, that we um, share them so as um, as you shared, Glenn, I have been doing this for for eleven years and um, and as a christian
0: is is that uh, part of your daily life and routine what uh,
1: uh, how does that affect your work yeah. here yeah um, so one of the ways so I mentioned the, the butterfly wing, but that comes up in other ways too so I look at at steel like i mentioned steels, plastics diamonds um, nanoparticles you even said natural gas i think was yeah that's what, was right yeah look at filters evaluate. that they use to clean natural gas um and often as i look at them at the structure in them that god has put in them um even sitting at the microscope it causes me to to worship um and it's a quiet thing it's just you know god you are um, amazing in it and i have to quiet myself before this god um as far as you know my interaction with with people um i've started to invite people you know or that my um Teammates and workmates to Bible studies. We've had one for the past ten years. Um, with uh, with do you, do you know Bill Saxon? Have you met him? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Bill um, leads a Bible study in here that we, um, we well, I'm one of the the organizers. So trying to think of other ways. Now you said
0: in, on a one-to-one basis, uh, sometimes when the subject of creation comes up, oh, yeah. you invite another uh, friend of ours, uh, Jeremy Walter, to come in and, and uh,
1: share some thoughts. Yeah, I do. Yeah. How does that happen? So, so, yes, sure. <laughs> so one of the things I've started doing is I'll go to, um, to each of my, my workmates, actually even with through, throughout the building, including managers and directors, and I'll say, you know, hey, listen, do you want to— um, study the scriptures together? Do you want to read it through? Like, you know, there may have been um, parts of the Bible that you heard about that you're like, does it really say that? And you may have always wanted to read it and never had an opportunity to do it with anybody. Do you want to do it? All right, so one, um, actually, the two people who I've um, read it with, um, they will share that, you know, their hang up is with Genesis. So normally when I start reading the Bible with somebody, we start right at Genesis 1 1 and we read it all the way through, verse by verse.
0: Mm.
1: And I can remember with one young man, um, we got to. It was in chapter three, and you know he had been silent, and then in chapter three he he stopped. He says, "Actually, Trevor, hold on, pause. Um, do you really, you believe all this?" And I said, "Yeah, I do believe all this." <laughs> Which, in all fairness to him, you know, it's as far as believing um, a literal interpretation of Genesis. This is a, it's a hostile environment. Yeah. Sure. Um, and um, so his question was sincere, and I knew that I could not do it justice to answer it. I gave him some of the reasons why I believe in a literal interpretation of, of Genesis, um, but I have a friend, Jeremy Walter, who um, defends this so beautifully. Um, I've heard him do, I've heard him defend Genesis or explain Genesis in Sunday school at least twice for two different classes. I'm talking about multiple weeks. Right. Um, and I asked him, I said, Jeremy, if you ever do this again, please let me know because I I want to hear it again. I want to hear him mm. do that. So I invited Jeremy up for lunch, and he got to meet with this young man and just explain. Why he um, also believes in that, um, and he does it with um, such resolve because he studied it, and um, and I mean he understands like the different how it, w- how it works in the different disciplines in, in a way that I, c- I can't under- can't explain. Sure. So yeah, so my friend got to meet Jeremy, and um, as far as I can tell, that quieted mm-hmm. that um that concern in him. Then we continue to read through. So now we're up to um, Joshua. Okay,
0: yeah. excellent and uh, of course uh, jeremy 's been on our program also in the past, and uh, he was one of three uh, Penn State uh, scientists who contributed to the book in six days: Why That's Fifty funny. Scientists Choose to believe in creation and uh in most of these environments, they, they can't even conceive of one scientist believing in that, much less 50. And then another prof here on campus uh, came up to me when I showed him that book. And he said, well, there's at least 51 because I'm not in there. Right. And uh, But uh, in any case, uh, you know, that is a stumbling block for some. But, mm-hmm. you know, you're a Stanford grad. You've uh, heard, uh, you know, all the arguments on the other side, too. And yet you hold to the scripture being true and, and authoritative.
1: I, too. I do. Um, would you like to hear why? Sure, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so there are there are two reasons why I um, believe in a, a literal interpretation. Um, one is because Jesus referred to Genesis, and um, I, I can remember what it was like to be dead in my sins, and in my putting my hope in Him, um, I have no, like there is no other place for me to go. So if He believes something, I believe it. So that's one. The second one is um, what the scripture says about um, sin coming into the world. And that's, that's a critical question that everybody you know, wants to know. Hey, where did you know, sin and um, sickness and pain, how did that get into the world? And the scripture says that that came into the world through sin, through Adam. So the idea of us saying that there was death, like um, what's claimed in, in evolution, that I'm just saying that there was death before sin um, does not make any sense.
0: Right. And the um, fossil record is the uh, record of death, disease, and suffering. That's right. And did it happen when it was still a good world, or did it happen after
1: right. sin? Right. So um, based on my understanding of the scriptures, that, that someone with integrity um, has to believe that it happened after sin. Because we know that sin came through Adam, and that God sent another Adam, for which we're grateful, <laughs> the last Adam, Amen. Um, to die for our sins. Great,
0: great. And now, uh, you got your PhD at Stanford, and uh, we looked at a picture together here before we turned on the microphones of the Stanford uh, Chapel, Mm -hmm. uh, which... uh, you know has jesus with his arms outstretched uh, right in the center of campus there in the central quad is the chapel and across yes, yes. the front this brilliant mural with uh, jesus with his arms outstretched mm-hmm. and his disciples standing around and and uh, and would you say then that jesus is uh well maybe not lord of stanford these days but lord of your life
1: oh absolutely absolutely and honestly um there are some wonderful um, brothers and sisters in stanford um i can remember them encouraging and nurturing me and so yeah even though he's not the the Lord yet of Stanford um, he's still working there and powerfully he is. Um, and you ask if he's Lord of my life yeah absolutely. absolutely
0: and I also understand I think I got your name through a man who attended a meeting I was at who yeah, said Chris he Smith. comes to your house to or you come to his house to pray yeah and, so we meet
1: every Tuesday mornings in and a part of so he he's living in a big house so we use one of his rooms every Tuesday mornings at 6 um, mm. to pray, right. to, to ask God for, for revival at Penn State. Um, because it's a wonderful opportunity here where God is sending people from all over the globe um, to learn here. And as these people um, are, hear the good news and repent and believe, they, they can go back and take that. So we don't have to be missionaries. We right. can just um, reach them here through his power.
0: Isn't that great? Yeah. It is. Yeah. The mission, mission field coming to us and even fields as closed as Communist China. That's right. And, uh, and the heart bed of, uh, Islam, Saudi Arabia. There's a lot of Saudi students on our universities and they're hearing, hearing the gospel. Yeah. Great. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you on our program. My guest has been Trevor Clark uh, here with, uh, leading the team of uh, electron microscopes here in the millennial science complex. uh, My first time in in this building and quite a facility uh, that you have here and appreciate you taking the time today. Uh, And thank our listeners today for joining us for the Lion's Den University Report. If you'd like a copy of this interview or any of our interviews, we put them on a CD format. And also they're posted uh, fairly often on the website, thelionsdenuniversityreport.org. And that's all one word in lowercase, thelionsdenuniversity.org. And our announcer will give you our contact information uh, at our conclusion. Thanks again for joining You have been listening to the Lion's Den University Reports. If you would like more information about the Christian life or would like to contact the Lion's Den or one of the guests, please write us at the Lion's Den, Post Office Box 226, Mifflinburg, Pennsylvania, 17844, or email ltcldur
1: at yahoo.com.